Uh, honestly, I should be saying that to myself because your girl has been off the mic for a while. Um, for those of you who actually listen to me, <laughs> um, I want to apologize that I've been so MIA um, and not posting. I tried to you know, record a podcast episode at least once a month, and um, that has been hard because, as I will get to in this episode... I'm going through changes, <laughs> uh, and I'm going through a lot of changes, and um, as you can imagine, going through transitions, going through changes require a lot of your attention, your energy, you don't know where the days go, so um, I apologize, yeah, that I'm just getting to an episode now, recording, like, something I wanted to, to talk about, recording a podcast is actually hard, <laughs> Um I knew that, like I knew it wasn't necessarily easy, but I will be honest and transparent and say that, you know, I, anyone who knows me knows that I talk a lot and I can talk a lot about a lot of things. Um, and I really just thought that like, you know, I would always have something to talk about every month, you know, and, um, or honestly, I, I really, I think listening to some of my first episodes, I actually even said wanting to do something like every other week. And I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, where did I think I'd find the time to do that? Um, but, you know, we, we we live and we learn, you know, set out to do the things that we want to do. And then if we've never done them before, then it's only by doing them that we learn how they, you know, what they're actually like. So this is what I'm learning about recording podcasts. Um, Talking a lot for a long time doesn't necessarily make you a good podcaster. Um, I don't. I don't know what I would classify myself in terms of being a good or bad podcaster. All I know is that I like talking about my poetry, and I like talking about, you know, the stories behind my poetry, as you all know, and having guests on my show and things like that. And that's about all that I know. So, just you know, if any of you are interested in starting a podcast, I 100% support you. Um, but I also would just say that creating content is really hard, you know, like, I really commend anybody who has the official title of content creator, because having to constantly create content that, say that three times fast, uh, that's interesting and engaging and things like that is is really challenging. And it also just feels like a lot of pressure. And that could also be why it took me so long to record an episode is because, you know, I'm just like, self-conscious like I'll maybe have an idea of what I want to record an episode about and then I'll feel really self-conscious about that and and then I won't record it and then I just end up delaying it even further so so anyways thank you for your patience and I am happy to be here today and finally recording an episode episode number eight and this episode is about is about change I've been going through changes and I'm excited to share with all of you the new updates, new things happening in my life. And to introduce all of that, I have 
a poem for y'all. So this one I wrote I just the other day. What, yesterday? Two days ago? But I had been sitting on it for a little bit. Um, I don't love it, but I wanted to have a specific poem um, related to change. So I actually made this poem specifically for this, this podcast episode. So I hope that you like it. It's untitled. We do not experience time on a continuum. Change does not suddenly strike you like a lightning bolt. Your fears will not wipe you out like a hurricane. Your battle is only with today. And you're as ready as you ever will be. Ah, So, okay, I'm going to just spill the beans, get to the point with my changes and stuff. And that's that after many, many, many months of indecision, of being crippled by fear, of being paralyzed by fear of regret and fear of guilt and fear of shame, I have finally decided, my friends, that I, Genesis Garcia, am moving back to Portugal. I'm very, very excited um, to be back in the country that I love. I will be moving back to Lisbon and pursuing my master's in sustainable tourism management. I've originally worked in international education, as most of you know, and I'm really excited to both expand my skill set to include uh, tourism within, you know, my area of expertise, but I'm also just very interested in understanding how international education can play uh, an important role in contributing or furthering sustainable tourism. There are a lot of questions about whether or not sustainable tourism... (laughs) is an oxymoron, of course, and, and that's a whole other podcast in and of itself. But that's those are the sort of um, answers that I'm looking for and really wanting to have um, study abroad programs in particular in Lisbon uh, be a lot more conscious about the impact that their students have on the place. You know, um, study abroad is not considered a part of tourism, um, surprisingly, Surprisingly, because tourism is, in my opinion, I mean, students who study abroad 100% participate in tourism, you know, like, uh, you know, I studied abroad in Spain and while I was in Spain, you know, I would take weekend trips to other places in Europe. I'd stay in hotels or hostels or Airbnbs. I would use Uber. I would go on a tour. I would visit tourist traps, you know, all of those things. That's part of tourism, right? And um, tourism is very, very much a consumerist Uh, activity, right? It's you going to a place to consume that place's culture uh, in bite size, whether that's food or whether that's a, you know, a museum or whatever. Um, And I think that it's not, you know, nothing's ever black and white and it's not all, you know, it's not all good or not all bad. But I do think that, you know, it's all about balance. And I do think that in a place, especially like Lisbon, you can see the effects of over tourism and the saturation uh, that tourism has brought to Lisbon, uh, with one of the effects being that the only people benefiting from the tourism are are the tourists and not the locals who live there, right? So um, that was a long way of saying that I'm interested in having my international education work now incorporate um, sustainable tourism. I focused a lot on anti-racist work and social justice work in study abroad programs, And now I'm interested in having sustainability 
also be part of my mission to, for lack of a better word, radicalize um, the study abroad program. So I'm very, very excited to do that. And all of that seems so exciting, of course, but you know, in all honesty, even though I've moved around so much in my life, like as a kid, I, in my last podcast episode, I think I mentioned that I went to five different elementary schools as a kid. I've moved around all around Providence, moved to Boston. Uh, when I moved to Boston, I was kind of like hopping from house to house um, during the school years and over the summer. And then I moved to Spain. And then after Spain, I moved to Portugal. Then I moved to San Diego, and now I'm actually back in Providence, surprise, visiting for a month before I head back to Portugal. And even as a quote-unquote world traveler, uprooting myself and moving again is still hard, you know? Um, it's still very hard. It's not It's not easy, and I have to remind myself of that because sometimes I I really just expect myself to be okay, like no matter what, no matter how many times I have to uproot myself, no matter how many times I have to change or transition. As a Gemini, I'm actually really good at adapting. I'm very grateful for that skill. But it doesn't mean that just because I'm good at adapting doesn't mean that it doesn't come with its its emotions. And this realization, like me saying we do not experience time on a continuum, that realization was, I came to that like just a couple weeks ago. And that was a huge realization for me because it made me realize that like, you know, we, when we project our lives into the future, we play a movie in our head. We play a movie of everything that could happen to us, everything that we think is destined to happen to us. And we play it as you know, as this, as this movie, as a, as a series of scenes, as a series of events, right? And the truth is, is that when we experience time, we only experience things moment to moment. Like, that's just the truth. Like, right now, I'm recording this podcast episode, and I am only experiencing this podcast episode. Like, yes, I have plans of what I'm going to be doing later. Like, maybe I'll go to a coffee shop later. Maybe I'll go see my dad later. Um, those are all things I have planned for later, but I'm not going to experience those things until that time comes. And it makes, and it just made me realize that like, or I realized that that is how our fears consume us is by when we project our fears or when we, when we sort of dwell in our fears, what we're dwelling on is this idea that we're going to experience all of the worst possible things at once that we're going to feel the sadness that we felt that we felt yesterday the sadness that we feel today the sadness that we might feel tomorrow that somehow the sadness of each of those days or the anger or frustration of each of those days that we're going to feel all of them at once and that's not how it happens we experience emotions i don't want to say one at a time i feel like you can experience anger and sadness for example at the same time but what i mean is that even that like little group of of emotions happen within a certain time frame in the present. That's just how it is. That's just how it works, you know? Um, and so I just, when I would think about going to Portugal, I have, you know, what are my fears about going to Portugal? I'm going to just be real with y'all. I'm 27 years old. Don't have, you know, immediate plans of getting married or having kids. Um, have a lot of plans for what I would like to do uh, personally for my personal growth and my professional growth. And my fear is feeling like I'm making a mistake, feeling like 
I should be focused more on settling down and, you know, seeing my friends get engaged and all that stuff, which I'm very happy, (laughs) I'm ecstatic for them. And also it makes me look back at my own life and feel like, wow, this is what is accepted by society as the milestone to, to check in with myself and be like, oh, have I, am I engaged yet? And if I am at tal edad, at a certain age, then it means I'm on the right track, right? And of course, I understand at a very deeper level, that's all internalized society expectations, blah, 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 blah. And as much as I know that, and I'm aware of that at a logical level, you know, it's it's part of our, our lived experience every day. When people ask me questions of like, oh, you're going back to Portugal again? And, you know, when are you going to find a place to sit your ass down and, and be there for a while? Um, and so my fear is like, I just, ex- I honestly just feel like, you know, <laughs> the fear or what is crippling is feeling as though all of the disappointment that I fear I'm going to feel, all of the regret that I fear I'm going to feel when I project it, what paralyzes me is is thinking that I'm going to feel all of that at once. And that's not how time works. You know, I'm going to feel it. If I feel it, I'm going to feel it just day by day. Right. That's why I say change does not suddenly strike you like like a lightning bolt. The change, my fear of change, you know, my life is going to be entirely different than it was this past year. I'm going to be living in Portugal, getting my master's um, online, working part-time, you know, doing these things. And, you know, we often think I'm going to feel all of the effects or consequences of that change de una vez, de un solo, like all at once. And no, (laughs) you ever like, have you ever been super like mad about yourself that you keep thinking, like, for example, if you have an ex, right? And then you are constantly thinking about that ex and you're like, gosh, darn it. Why do I keep thinking about this ex? And then one day you realize, oh, wow, like I haven't thought about this person in a few, even a few days or a few weeks, right? That change doesn't happen immediately. You know, it doesn't happen suddenly. That is something that happened over time. And you didn't experience the entirety, all of the effects of that change from one day to the next. It happens over time you just kind of realize oh oh, yeah you're right I have changed in the last few weeks you know what I mean or a few months so fear of change you know again is fearing as though I'm going to feel all of the negative effects of change as soon as I get to Lisbon as soon as I'm in my apartment as soon as I'm at my new job and that's also I, I personally don't think how I've ever experienced things you know I experienced those changes over time And only in in retrospect, you know, like when I'm reflecting on it. And then I say, your fears will not wipe you out like a hurricane. I mean, that just, I've pretty much been saying this, but like we feel fear or have fear um, in the present moment. Like that's it. And it's, it just exists when it exists and it doesn't exist beyond that. Does that make sense? I'm getting real Buddhist on you. So I apologize. (laughs) Um, And then I go on to say, your battle is only with today and you're as ready as you ever will be. And that's just a a reminder, as cliche as it is, and I know everybody's on their meditation game and da da da, but I, you know, I still believe it, which is that your battle is with the present moment. If I can fight fear right now in this present moment when I feel it, then it doesn't exist anymore because fear is just a thought. And if I'm able to hold space for that fear, 
I don't mean to ignore it or to pretend it doesn't exist, but to be with the fear, to understand it so that it no longer consumes me. If it no longer consumes me in the present moment, then it's no longer there, you know, as valid as those fears are. You know, I have a lot of fears. I mean, I'm moving to Portugal to live there indefinitely. Ever since I moved to Europe the first time around, I didn't never wanted to leave. And that was swept, the rug was swept under me um, my third year in Madrid when I wasn't able to get a work permit due to some really annoying bureaucratic reasons. And so I have very similar fears right now. I'm like, here I am giving Europe another shot, um, going back to school, and I have I have plans for how I'm, I'm thinking of staying indefinitely, but I also can't plan everything. I, I can't plan two years in advance. That's when my master's ends. I can't, as much as I'm a planner, you know, I've always, I've been very independent and have been on my own for almost 10 years now. And as a result, like, I don't have very much of a safety net. So I've been very good at like, plan, having plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E, F, G, because I want to make sure that if plan A doesn't work out, I already know what plan B and plan C and the rest of the plans look like, right? But as as much as that seems very responsible of me, it's also quite burdensome because it makes me feel as though if I don't know exactly how I'm going to get from point A to point B, then I might actually doubt my ability to do that thing. And this year, I've actually learned with <laughs> all the inability to plan for anything because of COVID, I've actually tried to trust in in the universe and experience that I don't have to know absolutely everything or plan absolutely everything for things to go well. And I feel very blessed in my life to, I, I want to hope that I finally learned the lesson because here's why. So, you know, here I am, I'm freaking out about Portugal, not sure if I should go, not sure if I should stay in San Diego where I felt comfortable, um, loved my coffee shop job, was surrounded by people who loved me, and, you know, very much freaking out and stuff. And then without me planning it, without me planning it, so many things just fell into place. I'm not even kidding. Like, the first thing that fell into place, okay, I actually originally applied to a my first choice Portuguese um, program before COVID. Um, it was my first choice. I thought it was, I thought I was a perfect student for it and I didn't get into the program. Full disclosure. Um, honestly, <laughs> in my humble opinion, I think it was bullshit that I didn't get in, but it was just because the, the program, honestly, the program description was very misleading, um, because it said it was for both psychology background people and also people who have worked in social sciences and have worked in international affairs or whatever, and that's me. So that's why I applied, but ultimately I didn't get in because I don't have a psychology, a bachelor's in psychology. So of course, at that moment in time, I was just kind of like, oh, wow, like maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't go to Portugal. But I really still felt inside of me that I wanted to go. Like I didn't want to take this as a no. So I applied to a second program, which is the program I got into. And my master's program is majority online, which is really nice because it allows me actually to live anywhere in Portugal. Um, my other, the other program was based in Lisbon. And even though I have plans to live in Lisbon, 
I'm also interested in seeing if I'd like to live somewhere else, if I want to go back to the north of Portugal, if I want to live in an entirely new city. So being predominantly online gives me that flexibility. So it's sort of like there's that one thing where I didn't plan for this really. And in the end, this choice, I definitely feel like is a better option for me. The second thing was this program is actually cheaper and they had um, scholarship options. And so I pretty much cut my tuition in half because I applied for two scholarships and got them both. So I'm very proud of myself for doing that. So that's the second thing that happened. And then the third thing that happened was, you know, I was nervous about housing in Lisbon and having to secure an apartment before getting there because I'm like, well, what if the apartment is not what I expect it to be and like all that stuff. And um, talking to my friend Hebeka, shout out to Hebeka, um, who is someone who I vibe with so much because her and I have so much in common. Rebecca has friggin' lived in like the Amazon forest. Like <laughs> um, she's like that level of traveler. And I was catching up with her just honestly a few weeks ago. And she was telling me that she was doing a work away on a farm. And if you don't know what a work away is, it's where you a volunteer or, or someone is offering, has a project, whether that's at a farm or something else, you volunteer to work for them. And in exchange, you get free food and accommodation. So she was doing a, a work away at a farm. And I was like, just interested. I was just kind of like, huh, like, I wonder if there are workaways in Lisbon. And I signed up for workaway. I did end up paying a membership fee. But the first thing I looked up or the first, you know, uh, search thing that came up was a sustainable hostel in Lisbon. And the description said that they're looking for someone to volunteer to work as like at reception. And they also have a cafe, uh, by the pool and they're looking for someone to work at the cafe, like as a barista. And I was just like, Oh my God. I was like, this, see, this seems perfect. So like I reached out to them, you know, gave them my whole spiel about, all of my stuff, you know, whatever. And they didn't get back to me immediately. I reached out to them again and they didn't reach out to me immediately. And then I asked Rebecca what I should do. And eventually I emailed them. Um, they got back to me. I had an interview and I got the offer. I got the volunteership or whatever it's called. Um, so yeah, that was not planned. Like I had never even heard of work away at all. Like it was just Rebecca who I happened to be talking to her and I was like, Oh, let me out of curiosity, let me see. And now when I arrive in Lisbon, I'm going to have housing. I'm going to have three vegetarian meals a day, which I'm super excited about because I'm also one of the changes I'm going through is uh, potentially transitioning into vegetarianism. We'll see. And I get to live there for free. And for minimum of month, but they're interested in having me there for longer. And I'm going to be able to meet so many cool people. And, and, and the one thing I'm like super pumped about is that this hostel is doing incredible sustainable projects. Like, you know, aside from your common recycling and composting and things like that, like they do a lot of important like sustainable work in the community. And I'm like super pumped to just be a part of that. You know what I mean? To, to to be a part of that, to add my own spin on some of the stuff. And, and who knows, you know, this could also be a potential networking opportunity for me so that when I'm able to get hired after my master's, who knows, maybe I could work here. Maybe, you know, the, the possibilities are endless, but honestly, I just, I was, you know, for, for months throughout COVID, I was just freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, what if this, 
I mean, you can hear it in my voice how excited I am about this opportunity. And so many of these things weren't planned. And I was like, yo, honestly, I feel very blessed. I know, I know it is also part of my hard work, so I know it's not just luck. But I, I just, honest, for the amount that I worried about everything, I know I'm not there yet. I'm not in Lisbon yet. But for the amount that I worried about whether or not this was the right decision for me, and all you know the pros and cons list. Pros, honestly, I don't know about y'all, but like, I'm done making pros and cons lists because I feel like deep down we like know the answer to the question, but like we just make pros and cons lists because we're like either ashamed of what it is that we really want or whatever. Because I definitely feel like I was doing that with Portugal. Like I knew deep down that that's where I wanted to be and that's where I wanted to go, but because of the fear of failing. And the fear of what are people going to say that I'm going back to Europe again and that I only, quote unquote, gave the United States a year or like nine months or whatever and tried it out. You know, what are they going to say? All of those things, those that's what led me to make this like pros and cons list when it's like, you know, what, I don't give a shit about this pros and cons list. I just want to go, you know, and Portugal is one of the only things that is for me. I feel like I've done so many things in my life <clears throat> to... I don't know, make my family proud, to not cause any more issues for my family, to, um, you know, just like keep people happy. And Portugal, moving to, to Europe in general, was the, was the only thing I did for me. So I'm really proud of myself, honestly, for, you know, <laughs> honoring what it is that I want, what it is that I need what it is that I feel that is best for me, listening to my heart, even if it's out of the box for a lot of people. And even if it's, you know, I can't explain everything to people. And there's some things that just, you know, as a poet, I try really hard to be able to explain things that can't be explained. And um, honestly, my connection to Portugal and why I love being there and my connection to Europe in general is, is something that I can't really explain and that's okay, even if other people don't understand it, you know? So yeah, so I mean, huh, there are a lot of changes that that are going to continue to happen. They're not going to be easy, but something that I've been trying to remind myself is that if there's any lesson that I want to hopefully learn after all the worrying I did, you know, with COVID about my decisions to go or stay, that my fear is temporary. The feeling of fear doesn't last forever. Even if I'm sad, even if I go to Lisbon and miss San Diego, right? Or, or you know, have those feelings of maybe I shouldn't have left. Whatever it is that those things, those feelings may come and that is okay. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't have to mean that the decision was wrong it just simply means that in that moment, I am feeling what I'm feeling and that it will pass. And sure, all it, and that is just information, you know, and that a feeling in and of itself is not a feeling that I feel once is not in and of itself, you know, all of the proof I need to to make a decision on it. You know, it's just information to help me, you know, if, if obviously if I feel it enough, regret enough or feeling sadness enough, then sure. OK, maybe maybe that's not where I should be, but to feel it every once in a while, or even even a lot at first, um, is going to be normal. And I just have to remember that even when I feel sad, like that I will feel sad, and that's okay, and I'll feel sad 
for as long as I need to, but it will also pass that it's still temporary, you know? So anyways, y'all, this was a shorter episode, but hopefully you got something out of it. I also wanted to give y'all a bit of an update for what to expect next. I'm trying to be very honest with myself and therefore with you all about my podcast and, and what's to come. And so for this season, this is season one. Um, and I'm planning on having 10 episodes this season. So that means that you will have two more episodes coming your way for season one. And um, I will take a bit of a hiatus as I transition into my time in Lisbon. And then on my last episode of season one, I will reveal what I'm working on for season two. So thank you all very much. Um, I will still be working on my podcast, hopefully, while I'm in Lisbon. We will see changes happen, your life changes and all of those things. So hopefully I can stick to my word. But if not, I will let you all know and I will hope that you forgive me. Um, But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And um, I guess I will talk to you next time. Balance